Hey y'all, welcome to Marketing 101, where we host experts within the industry to share their business playbooks, the do's and don'ts of marketing, and the ever-changing world of social media. I'm your host, Natalie Drager, and today we've got Jordan Nix, founder and CMO of The Nix Company. We're getting into the 101 to starting a social media agency, client relationships and red flags, marketing strategies for businesses, and more. So here's the scoop. Jordan. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I know a lot of people probably think that agencies don't interact, especially if they're competitors, but I'm personally really excited to have you here. I am a big proponent of women supporting women. Um, I have been so lucky to meet so many different agency owners and we just all collaborate and talk shit and vent about the day to day. Um, which nobody else understands that if they're not in an agency role. So being able to have that network is super helpful. Definitely. And it's nice to have other people who understand what you're going through, especially when you have clients and, you know, sometimes problems arise and it's nice to be able to lean on each other in this industry. I personally have loved getting to know you and other people at the Nix company. So yeah, I totally agree that agency relationships are really helpful. It's been so fun because I started the agency right around the time Dallas Sites was formed. So I feel like we've both been along for the ride at the same time and kind of seen those like growth spurts at the same time. And I mean, as you guys know, it's a roller coaster. So we're just on the ride together. (laughs) Well, for those who don't know, can you share a little bit more about the next company, how you started? Yeah. So we are a Dallas-based marketing agency. We specialize in brand marketing and social media. Um, Our core focus is social media. Um, And our like three tiers of clients is retail and shopping centers, Mm -hmm. um, hospitality, so a lot of restaurants, and then women-owned businesses. So we have an interior designer, event planners, event designers, all kinds of amazing women. Um, and they all, they all keep our days very exciting (laughs) in different ways. (laughs) Definitely. Every day is different. Yes. But yeah, so it sounds like you have a few different industries of clients on your portfolio. Do you recommend sticking to one industry or do you like having, you know, different types of businesses and clients? Yeah, I think at the beginning you kind of do have to say yes to everything and then just kind of figure out what you enjoy doing. Um, I will say at the beginning, I always knew I would never get into healthcare. That's just (laughs) way over my head. No healthcare, no insurance, none of the boring stuff. I only want fun, fashion, and food. (laughs) I love that stuff that just comes naturally to you. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, you learn as you go. So there's some clients that we realize "Mm, maybe that's not for us. Maybe it's better for someone else. And then Almost five years later, we have this big category of the retail and shopping centers and a significant category in food and bed. So who was your first big client? First big client. So fun fact. So I started the agency after being laid off from a company where I was heading the social media and brand marketing for international food brands, which was a lot of fun and also very interesting. I did marketing for a polenta company in Italy. So yeah, very, very random, but they ultimately dissolved. Um, and I was able to retain a Australian licorice brand, a New Zealand licorice brand, a Colombian hot sauce brand, 
Um, and then parted ways with the Polenta brand. Um, yeah, these international candy brands were the bread and butter there at the beginning. And then, um, some retail centers landed in my lap a couple months later. So it was really a whirlwind, just kind of, again, just on that roller coaster to see where, where it takes you. It's cool that you've been able to keep some of those clients, um, to this day. Yes. And so do you go through any type of vetting process with your clients? Is there any key things you look for when you are bringing on a client? Yes. So again, these are one of these things that you learn the hard way nine times out of 10. Um, so the biggest thing that we look for is to make sure that they're not putting all of their eggs, eggs in the social media baskets. Mm -hmm. So if they're not going to be investing in photography, ads, influencers, media campaigns, then social media is probably not right for them. So we're looking for someone that has full investment in marketing as a whole. Um, and people that we enjoy working with that, of course, absolutely. Is a big so important. Yes. We have a lot of fun and we've been lucky to build a lot of really good relationships with our clients. Um, and we, we never want to work with people that, you know, just don't vibe with us. So, yeah. and sometimes that just doesn't work out and we can kind of hopefully figure that out at the beginning before <laughs> yeah. we get too far into things before there's a legal contract in place. Exactly. Pick <laughs> out those red flags before you start yes. working with them. And it's like dating. So <laughs> it honestly is like a dating relationship with yeah. a client. I totally agree. And I love that you mentioned trying to find clients who are willing to almost go all in because social media isn't just the actual social media management aspect. I think a lot of businesses think, okay, I'm just going to hand them over our social media. It's so much more than that. Signing on for just management won't get them the success that they're looking for. And then I think that's where you start to see issues with the client media agency relationship. It's almost better if the client's willing to trust you with the whole process and take your recommendations and sign on for all of these other add-ons. And then what characteristics make up a good client? So are there any other like immediate red flags outside of them only wanting to sign on for social media that maybe individual social media managers or agencies should look out for. Yeah. It's always good to know if they've worked with an agency in the past and that relationship didn't work out. And that's usually a red flag. Um, another red flag is just a client not wanting to let go of the creative process. Mm -hmm. So you never want to sign on to, you know, a long-term agreement and, they still want to do the content calendar. They want to create the content. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. <laughs> so. And with client relationships, how were you able to build such a robust portfolio of clients? Yeah. You know, again, it's just kind of one of those things where it just, you just hope for the best, <laughs> but we did get really lucky where I guess I should say I, cause it was a one man show there for a while. Um, and our clients just really trusted us. And I wanted to, I also was, you know, a struggling single mom, only parent. So I didn't care what they were paying me. I wanted this to work. Mm -hmm. I would, I was like, I will do anything. Just ask me, you want me to take photos? Sure. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm not a photographer. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of providing those invaluable services and acting mm -hmm. as an extension of our client to where they feel like they need us. Like they would be lost without us mm -hmm. is always the goal. Um, and those clients ended up expanding. So it started with one retail center. This is just one example, mm -hmm. one retail center, then it went to three under the same management team. And now we're at six or seven. That I think is the biggest success, just seeing our clients kind of expand and grow from there. Um, same thing with our um, hospitality clients. We would get one, they own multiple concepts, 
all over. And then they just take us, bring us on one concept at a time because we're, you know, proving our value and building those, those relationships that ideally are invaluable, hopefully. Yeah. And it definitely just proves that being able to provide the client, not only great work, but a great relationship with their account lead or just anyone they interact with in the company, whether it be the photographer or, you know, the paid ads, uh, lead, it shows that being able to give them that really great quality of work pays off in the end because they'll add on other concepts or, you know, word of mouth to other businesses. Dallas, while it's big is the smallest world every industry interacts. And so they always talk about, you know, agencies or someone's looking for an agency and they are working with the next company. So I think it's really cool to see how that's happened for the next company. Kind of tidbit for anyone who's starting an agency or just in a marketing role is we also want, we deal with a lot of marketing managers and brand managers at our clients. And we also always want our point of contact being the marketing managers or brand marketing managers to just be excelling in their job. Like we want to make them look like they are the shit and, and just really kind of build them up. And then that just ultimately just comes full circle. Definitely. It gives them the confidence and makes them feel comfortable interacting with the client and having those great relationships and building that with them. Yeah. Why do you think that marketing specifically social media marketing is important for businesses these days? I think some businesses are a little wary still and are maybe stuck in um, previous generations where they think print and billboards are still. Yeah. I mean, social media is just such a wild ride because I started just doing Facebook like what, 10, 13 years ago. And now we're doing TikTok and videos and all kinds of craziness um, every day. Yeah, um, there's a new feature and every meta. day. Something new they throw at us. Meta, but that changes like by the hour. But I guess long story short, social media ideally is should be served as a landing page for your website. So people ideally are going to be checking you out on social media before they land on your website. And luckily for social media, ideally it's an easy interface to easier than a website. So you can update social media quicker than you can go and update your homepage of a website without hiring a web designer. So I think that's like social media basics is just using that as like a landing page for a website. The biggest component I, I really push is building brand advocacy and your followers. So building those relationships, being top of mind, making sure the people who are visiting or enjoying the product or the experience or whatever, they want to follow for the long run and they want to promote you too and follow along for those experiences. Um, and then also bring those experiences to life. So maybe if someone who isn't in Plano, they can see, Oh wow, there's these Marfa inspired tents at Haywire. That's really cool. I loved the, that you mentioned it being almost like a landing page before a website, because they're actually saying that a lot of our generation is using it as a form of a website. So instead of going online and looking up a restaurant's menu, they're scrolling through the Instagram saying that pasta dish looks fire. I want to try that. So that's what I'm going to order. And sometimes they don't even make it to the website because the social media gets Taylor out. But we were in um, San Diego trying to find somewhere to go eat and get a good experience. 
And Taylor, being the Gen Z girl she is, looks at Instagram and TikTok, and I'm like looking at Google listings. So, so people truly do look at your Instagram because you know our check boxes in San Diego is cool vibe, cute aesthetics, great cocktails, maybe decent food, and. We were able to figure that out through social media. Well, I mean, I personally use Instagram all the time for not only like restaurant menus, but also shopping. I mean, Amazon, goodness gracious, I get, yeah, I find everything. It's so dangerous these days. But I think as an agency, it's really cool to be able to, as a consumer, also see this is how I use it. So maybe this is how our clients, customers will use it as well and kind of have that personal you know, relationship with it too. But so if a business owner doesn't have that expertise or background in social media marketing, do you think a marketing agency is the best route or do you think an internal social media manager is the way to go? Yeah. So I think this is of course a good question. I get very passionate about it, but I personally feel that you should only be hiring a full-time social media manager. If you have a photographer, a CMO, a brand manager. I mean, you have to have like six positions filled before you can even get to a social media manager because you should never expect an entry-level social media manager to come in and do all those things and fill all of those roles and wear all of those hats. That's not fair for social media managers. You're you're almost setting them up for failure by thinking they can do all things. I mean, if you look at an agency or if you even look at major corporations, they have someone who oversees just graphic design, just photography, just social media. And then social media can even be broken out into paid social media, organic. And so thinking that one person, especially like you mentioned, entry level has a background in all of that is just beyond me. That is what we call a unicorn. And (laughs) they're rare. Those are are hard to find. (laughs) Usually a marketing agency is the way to go because you can get access to all of those things. And you have usually one point of contact. You're paying one retainer fee. And it's just ideally a seamless partnership. So when you are looking at reporting for your clients, what are some of the main metrics you're looking at? I know it can be a little daunting, especially for business owners or people without that background to see all of these numbers and be like, what am I supposed to be looking at? Yeah. So right now, because engagement on Instagram is just truly brutal and (laughs) just makes our soul die a little every day. We focus on engagement rates to make sure, because we are creating the content too. So we want to make sure the content that we're creating is engaging content. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then obviously trying to make sure we're getting as much organic engagement as possible. Um, So just like a few quick tips on what we're currently doing to get the organic engagement is you'll very rarely see just a one photo and feed stagnant posts. Mm -hmm. Carousels are the way to go. And then burying in some like iPhone video on that helps with engagement too. Um, And then of course reels. Yes. Reels. Reels heavy. Big big topic right now is reels. (laughs) Yes. And they're, um, hate to say it, but just as time consuming as a photo shoot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize everything that goes into reels right now because they're like, oh, it's just just a quick little video. But I mean, even finding the trending audio, um, putting and editing the video together. I don't know if you've ever had this issue, but when they delete from your drafts, it is a social media manager's nightmare. 
Never rely on your drafts. No, never rely on your drafts. <laughs> Biggest tip for creating reels. Yes. So yeah, it Again, is so tiny. the hard way. <laughs> yes, we all have been there. Yeah. You know, you want the reel to be telling a story. So you have to figure out how to tell a story without doing a whole commercial and it still feel organic and real. So yeah, I mean, an entry-level social media manager for sure cannot do all of that. Yes. Well, do you feel like there's any metrics maybe that aren't as relevant anymore that when social media first came to be or when you were first entering into the industry that were something that you tracked? Yeah. I mean, we, of course, always struggle with the follower count. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely a vanity metric and, you know, you can have 200,000 followers and be bringing in $200 a month. Like it Mm -hmm. doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day, but it is a vanity metric. So if you want to look like you have 200,000 followers, you want people to know that, then you will have to spend a lot of money trying to achieve that through influencers, partnerships, ads, et cetera. Um, but we, we don't push that on our clients and that's actually kind of a red flag that we will pick up on in the beginning is if, you know, they say we want to be at 15,000 followers by December and you're at 500, then we're not going to be able to do that. I was going to ask if that's something you kind of look for when a client is coming on, if they're asking their one main metric is followers, if you then can cut ties in the beginning, or if you just kind of let them know and redirect them that maybe followers isn't the best metric to track. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty straightforward there in the beginning. Um, but we're not having as many of those conversations anymore. Um, it's it's less of a pain point, but of course it's, everybody wants to have a follower count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even influencers these days and, I can tell you right now, Dallasites, we do love seeing her follower count grow. Um, so I think it will always be something that we're dealing with as, you know, creators and, you know, dealing with clients. Um, but I, I love just letting them know in the beginning that maybe the followers will grow quickly. Maybe they won't. And if you want that to happen, you're going to have to put in a lot of time and a lot of money into our company to be able to help support you in that. Yes, because I do not work for Dallasites, but I do know <laughs> that you guys have per- you have created a lot of content and posted a lot of posts and done a lot of partnerships to get to the follower account. And that's, yeah, four posts a day for those who want to know. Yes, <laughs> that is, that's a, that's a tough feat. So shout out to our Dallasites team because they do a phenomenal job. Yeah. When a, a new social media platform emerges, how does your team learn that platform? And do you jump on it immediately? Do you recommend it to clients? What does that look like for y'all? Yes, we're lucky to have a group of fantastic, fabulous, beautiful young women that work for us, and they're pretty much always on top of the trends. So, um, I mean, Be Real, of course, is like the new thing. So I'm tempted to get on Be Real, but I'm really, I feel so cringed because my son is 14. And And is he on Be Real? He is most definitely on Be Real. And so are all of his friends. And I just don't know if that's the place for me. But hey, you're the social media expert. So he's got to know that. It's true. So yes, but then, you know, TikTok, of course, is a big topic right now and a big project for us where we're always on TikTok looking for what is trending? What's the audio of the week? Because we can't pick out an audio today and think that it's going to be relevant in a month. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have to move quick on those. So just always staying active on social media is the best way to go and just, you know, test things um, internally and see what that process looks like as an agency before we start offering it as a service. But ideally, again, tech talk is where we're headed. 
think this is a big question too that creators and maybe social media managers have. Do you repurpose TikToks to Reels, Reels to TikToks, or do you do totally separate videos for both? So Taylor could probably speak better on this than I could, but ideally we're doing two totally different um, videos. So one for obviously Instagram reel will have a different audio than what's on TikTok. It's usually hard to even find the same audio. Yeah, I agree. And I think that Instagram is really trying to compete with TikTok. So I know a lot of times people say if the TikTok logo is on Instagram, they're not going to prioritize it because they are trying to be Yes. And supposedly if you mention Instagram on TikTok, then TikTok will hide your content. Man. What a, Don't yeah, quote me on that. But battle of the platforms. It's, so. It truly is. <laughs> That's good to know, though. I've noted that. Um, but I would love to, we've talked a lot about the Knicks company. I would love to also talk a little bit about you. Um, did you also, or did you know that you wanted to start your own agency? Or how did you even get into the industry in the first place? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, I always knew that I was a creative person. Um, and I mean, I joke with this with my mom. I'm like, hashtag unemployable. Like, I just, like, I am an idea person. And I just, again, when I was managing the social for the international food distributor, it's just like I had all these passions and things I wanted to see come to life. And they're just like, can you just post and be done? And it's like, I want to do all these things. <laughs> and you can't do that unless you're kind of doing it on your own. So, um, so yeah, I started leasing apartments way back when, found my love for graphic design and marketing. It's like 14 years ago. Congrats. Um, thank you. And was promoted to, you know, marketing coordinator for a lease up. Went to a startup from there that was in the multifamily industry. Um, and then again, like the, the network and your, your people is so important because at the company that I was working for, major multifamily company in Dallas, the VP of marketing, she ultimately quit, started her own agency. I found my way back to her and it was just her and I doing basically the beginning of what I did. Um, servicing all kinds of different companies. And this was like seven or eight years ago. Um, now she owns a brewery. Wow. So she Manhattan project beer. So Misty is, I'm her prodigy. Yeah. So, we love um, Manhattan so beer. Yeah. Again, it's just crazy how things work out. Now she owns an incredible brewery and I've found my way into yeah. having That's my own agency. Job. Yeah. So just kind of picking up on things that you love from each job. Again, it's like dating, figuring out what you like and what you don't like and making it happen. Ah, and I love hearing stories like this too, because they always say your network is your net worth yes. and you're like, but is it really, should I really go to this event? Is, you know, meeting one person really going to change my life? And it's like, yeah, it only takes one person or one connection to really bring you on that path or, you know, encourage you to start your own business. Yes. So I think it's really cool to hear how you got here. Yeah. And you just have to always be open and willing to learn and, and yeah, and just, again, just kind of valuing those relationships. What has been your biggest challenge since you've started the next company? Uh, it's hard to kind of nail down one like really big challenge. I'll say just being um, self-employed is a challenge on its own. You have to make sure all the things are running smoothly at all times, whether it's bookkeeping or your client. So that just overall is a challenge. Um, but 
also just kind of figuring out how to have those difficult conversations with clients. Like, Hey, I don't think this is a good fit anymore. Or, Hey, I don't think this would be a good move for us to work together. You should hire internally. And just, yeah, the, the, those hard, it's hard to say no. Yeah. And it's back to the dating relationship. It's like breaking up. Yes, it really is. So I would say that's probably the biggest challenge knowing that just agency life is so much fun, but it truly is a roller coaster. You have your high highs and your low lows and they happen in the same day. (laughs) Yes. It is a full roller coaster every day. It's like, Oh, this client doesn't have budget anymore. Oh my God, this client wants to do TikTok across the country. (laughs) So, so it's, it's wild. For those who may be wanting to start their own business like you did with the next company, do you think it is important to maybe work at another agency before or do something like you did in freelance or should they just go ahead and start their own if it's their passion and dream? My personal take, and I think everyone should just do what they feel is best for them, um, but I do think you should have some type of company experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be agency experience to kind of understand company culture and relations and how to talk to clients and coworkers and things like that. But also, I mean, side hustles, hello, 2022, 2023. I mean, this is the year for, or the, I guess the decade for the side hustle. So, I mean, I think it's always fun to, you know, have different ventures and pursue those, but I think it's good to have some type of company business experience. I don't have agency experience other than working for I mean, a small agency, just her and I. So you can figure it out. But most of what I learned is from working at a startup, her and the the international food distributor. I think it's probably reassuring for listeners to hear that, you know, you didn't have this huge agency experience before starting your own. And, you know, you were let go from your job. And that's not the end of the story. If it does happen to someone, they can still go on and, you know, own a very successful company like you. Yes. Thank you. I mean, I know social media is changing every single day. What do you see next for this industry? So I am definitely seeing a lot of TikTok and a lot of like more organic, authentic, raw content versus the editorial, beautiful, everybody's perfect. We did um, pretty hefty TikTok research like three months ago, and we learned some large, a lot of large businesses who are, or brands, I should say, who are on TikTok they're not promoting, Hey, this t-shirt's launching on Tuesday or, Hey, Mm -hmm. you need to try these new truffle fries. It's, Hey, I'm going to prank my boss, watch his reactions. So just showing the behind the scenes, the mistakes, the culture, the happy hours, people don't follow the brand. They follow the human behind the brand. They follow the brand story. They want to know more than just what you're selling. And I think if you are so salesy that almost deters the community away. You're there to build that community. What's next for the next company? So next for the next company, we're hoping to have a pretty chill Q4 because this year has been wild, but we are focusing on kind of going more of the national route. Um, we're working with a lot of retail centers again and doing a ton of TikTok content. I mean, we went to Austin for two days and all we did was TikTok content. So lots of TikTok. Um, We just moved into a new office space that we're in the middle of designing. We're just added two and a half. We have an amazing intern in Oklahoma, but two full-time employees that have just like really just 
pulled everything together for us. So um, I think 2023, which sounds crazy to say, continuing the journey and um, following all these trends and trying to keep up. Well, it's cool to see how your team's growing, your portfolio's growing. I can't wait to see what y'all do next and congrats on all of this growth and success. And thank you so much for being with us here today. Oh my gosh, thank you. And likewise, you guys are killing it. It's so great to be in Dallas with you guys.